Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast. I am your host, James, and today we are going over the episode Two Peas in a Podcast. Oh uh, boy. So it starts with Blythe streaming her vlog cast. It's a it's a vlog cast. That's that's what they say in the episode. We're just gonna roll with it, even though the title refers to like a like a podcast there's there's also a video aspect so i guess it's more of a video podcast but they say vlog cast whatever the point is blythe is streaming a podcast type show so she's talking about how she hates corduroy jeans because they're so noisy when you walk in them she asks zoe who's there with her if she wants to take a call and zoe barks and Blythe says, that's all I need to hear. <laughs> Which, it's, that's, that's cute. I like that bit. So, she takes a call from this girl uh, who appreciates her style tips. Blythe thanks her and gives today's style tip, which is, don't over-accessorize. Sometimes less is more, essentially. Meanwhile, the Biscuits are watching Blythe do this, and are upset that Blythe has one million and counting views. A million. <laughs> okay. If you're wondering why that might be the case, uh, it could just be that fashion slash lifestyle stuff like really takes off, especially in... A universe such as this one where even animals have a sense of fashion. But I actually think it goes a little bit deeper than that. So, uh, like, back in, like, Room Enough, Blythe learns that magazines don't always have the best interests of its consumers in mind. Uh... There's also, like, Pump Up the Panda, which recently happened, where she learned that, like, website producers might not have the best in mind unless you push them. Uh, Big Feathered Parade, the, like, glamorous, like, designer turns out to be essentially a P5 villain. Uh, like, Mona only really grows to like Blythe because she sticks to her own style and doesn't chase trends. Which is something her dad kind of taught her about in, in that episode. Same with Room Enough, actually. So, basically, Blythe is, like, presenting an alternative to, like, chasing trends. Spending, like, money on, like, popular fashion. When you can just make something fashionable yourself. Out of, like, you know, something you can get at the thrift store for a dollar. <laughs> And Blythe also has experience with that and also making something work that, you know, might not be able to. So the point is Blythe presents an alternative to, you know, what like the figureheads, the puppet masters say are you know, popular and flashy and trendy and stuff. So, 
back at the episode, the Biscuits can't handle that Blythe has a million and counting viewers. I'm like, that's, that's still a weird number. Even after I explained that, like, you know, it has the appeal of, you know, being, being for the people. It's still a little, little, little surprising to see more than anything. So they want to start their own, uh, vlog cast to compete and laugh maniacally when they come up with this idea. So, uh, later at Littlest Pet Shop, Penny Ling and her only come in to see, uh, Mrs. Twombly crying. She's, she explains that she's fighting off a cold and she read that eating raw onions helps, which explains her crying. Although Mrs. Twombly is not sure if this is better than the cold or not. So the smell gets to Penny and her owner and they start crying as well. Mrs. Twombly takes Penny and enters with Penny and Mrs. Twombly both tearing up. Everyone else wonders what's up with Penny and they go and gently ask her. So when asked what she did with her weekend, Penny says there was like mostly the usual stuff. She then explains that something did happen, which is that she and her owner are moving, and this causes a panic because that is what everyone thinks uh, Penny and Mrs. Tombley are crying about, and they get upset about Penny leaving forever. Penny tries to explain something, but can't get a word in edgewise. She decides to wait out their tears but then thinks, if I was leaving forever, it is nice to see how much everyone would miss me. So, meanwhile, the Biscuits start streaming their vlogcast, and they get very self-referential when talking about uh, their physical attributes that make them great, like their noses that you can barely see, or their tiny feet, or their large heads with their pencil-thin necks that they are surprised can hold up said heads. They then take in a caller, and it's the same one that called into Blythe's show earlier. She's calling them to tell them that this show blows chunks. And if you want to see how it's done well, check out Blythe's show. They hang up and pretend it's technical difficulties. The person then begins leaving negative emoji comments on the like stream and then they get a call from their dad who appreciates their usage of social media he says that he will increase their allowance if they get enough views they ask what the catch is and fisher explains that it would be nice if they advertised largest ever pet shop every so often which they agree to do this show really hates rich people. <laughs> like, like really, this like this whole scene is like about how self-absorbed rich people are, no matter what the context. The the two people putting on the podcast 
only really care about themselves and what they look like and they think that they're the gold standard of people and Fisher is always looking to like make a profit on whatever like no matter what and he's just using like his daughter's outlet as a like means to an end like like I mean this show has like no qualms with like hating rich people like like, I mean, I know it's not, like, the only show that hates rich people, but, like, this show lays it on thick. Because, like, it just, like, a lot of episodes are about how rich people suck. <laughs> and it's kind of weird that this show would be taking not just this stance, but also big companies don't have your best interests in heart as a stance either, since this is a Hasbro property. But it worked enough to get four seasons. So I guess giving the people what they want works to some extent. Meanwhile, the cookie-cutter uh, world of our own only lasted one season so i mean giving the people what they want works socioeconomics can be weird at times but it can be used for good i i at least think that so they end the show and then they blast past francois who bless his heart is filming this to see the results, they checked their view count to see that it was only two, and one of them was their dad. They throw their iPad, but Francois catches it. And then the biscuits uh, think on it, and they say there's something about the internet that makes quote-unquote Blythe's dull fashion and bland personality stand out. So Whitney suggests they think about how to get more views and Brittany says do we have to so here's where things get a little confusing a little not not too much actually I mean confusing is a relative term so basically we're in the midst of the biscuit redemption arc and specifically we are past snipmates where they low-key admitted to liking one of Blythe's designs but they just said that Blythe has, like, bland or dull fashion. But that just might be them being blinded that Blythe is more popular than them in a space. And also wanting money. Like, it, I, like it's not exactly like falling into the season one episode trap that, like, guilt tripping did. Like, I mean... At this point, they have yet to be fully redeemed. Like, there's bits and pieces here and there. But, like, they still have light years to go. And it helps to highlight that sometimes. Where it's like, oh, they they might be getting better. But they're not quite there yet. And I think this episode does a good job at, like, highlighting that. Especially because 
everything they do from this point onward is because they want that raise in allowance. So they're still like blinded by like greed and stuff. It's not that they're like they can't be good. It's just that they're not all the way there yet. So meanwhile, the pets are hugging Penny and list out things they're going to miss. Sunil, for one, will miss her cuteness. Minka, for two, will miss how she makes her laugh. Russell, for three, will miss her upbeat personality. Vinny loses count, but says uh, he'll miss how during nap time uh, she would chew on bamboo and keep him awake. Penny thought he hated that, and Vinny says he does, but now he'll miss it when she's gone forever. So Penny tries to explain again, but then Zoe comes out with a list of Penny's favorite things and says that we should do all of it to make Penny's last days here bliss. Russell asks what Penny was going to say, and she is too excited to do all of the things that she wants to do to tell the truth. This is why it actually doesn't fall under the season one trap. Like I was saying earlier. Because this B-plot shows that anyone can fall victim to their selfish desires. If Penny Ling can do it, obviously the Biscuits would not stand a chance. Because, like, Penny Ling is, like, one of the sweetest, nicest characters on the show. And even, like, she's falling for it so the biscuits didn't have like a shot at all so at school Blythe is telling young me and Sue that she's appearing on a hip new show and they're sending a limo out to get her they point uh Sue and young me point out that the show doesn't have a name or they don't name the show and Blythe says that it's so exclusive that the producers refuse to tell me what it is. Isn't this exciting? She really is Roger's daughter. Like, Blythe, Blythe has her moments of, like, Blythe is generally, like, knowledgeable, but this is, this is something Roger can do. So, after school, Blythe is waiting, but instead of a limo, it's a bike carriage. And Francois, who is wearing a fake beard so Blythe doesn't recognize him, uh, like, is there and invites her in, and Blythe complains a little bit, calling them, like, kind of cheapskates. Blythe asks if they've met, and Francois says, yes, I mean, no. Francois then proceeds to blindfold Blythe, saying that the location is so exclusive that the place they're shooting at must remain a secret, and Blythe is more eager about this instead of really creeped out by this sketch situation. <laughs> like, if I saw someone wearing an obviously fake beard blindfold a high school student and like take her somewhere that's that does not elicit a positive image in my mind <laughs> if you catch my drift but Blythe thinks this is so cool <laughs> 
she really is Roger's daughter. <laughs> because, wow, this is, this is a lot. And I mean a lot. Holy moly. Okay. Okay, let's, let's go. So, they arrive, and Francois takes off the blindfold. Blythe sees the biscuits and is confused about them having an internet show. She's also upset because Francois tricked me again. <laughs> like, this, this whole thing is dumb. And Francois is like, he just closes the door on this. Like, holy crap. This is this is amazing. <laughs> so she then tells the biscuits, "No amount of money would get me to appear on your show." So Blythe does have a habit of turning down biscuit money. The biscuits then call her show trash, and Blythe takes it as a challenge. <laughs> so the pets are now playing a game. Of who's got the pine cone, where there's a person in the middle, and in this case it's Penny. They close their eyes while in a circle, everyone around her passes a pine cone while singing pine cone, pine cone, who's got the pine cone. Minka then asks, how long do we have to play this boring game? Zoe responds, as long as Penny Ling wants to. Penny finds the pine cone. Russell has it, and they start a new round. <laughs> okay, I well, why why is this episode weirder when I say it out loud? Cause like when I'm typing this and when I'm watching this, I feel this is rational, <laughs> but this just seems like weird, <laughs> weird now. So on the biscuit show. Uh, the twins ask about why people like Blythe's show. But before Blythe can answer, they get a few calls. All of them want to talk with Blythe, except for Mrs. Twombly, who calls in and just shouts, Littlest Pet Shop, Littlest Pet Shop, Littlest Pet Shop. <laughs> Which, <laughs> good. <laughs> I mean, Mrs. Twombly's also a business person who has a strong business venture going, and she does want to give back to the community. Uh, I guess, like, no one's... No one... Like I said, no one's immune from their desires. It just... It's just, like, what what flavor of desire are we going for? So... Anyway. Uh, the Biscuits, uh, call it their... And end the show, and Blythe happily leaves. The Biscuits go to check their view count and see that it's up, but when they check the comments, they're all about Blythe. And, like, all of them have the same general theme, but one specifically says, I'll keep watching so long as you keep having Blythe on. So, they go and try to convince Blythe to do more of the show, but Blythe refuses profusely. Penny is eating bamboo and offers Zoe some, but Zoe says that not all foods can uh like be processed by her delicate tum tum. 
So Penny loves the lunch she just had and says that it's enough. The rest of the pets say they want to make her last days here memorable. Penny begins to explain what's going on, but before she can, she's whisked off to a nap. Penny takes the nap, but dreams she's in knee-deep water, and all of her friends are floating heads, wishing her well, and, like, saying that they'll never see her again. And she feels super guilty about this. She wakes up, and everyone asks her how her nap was. She's a bit shaken, but she says she's fine. So she goes to explain what's going on again, but Russell interrupts, saying that Penny Ling's favorite show is on. And Penny is delighted to be watching Pickle Babies, but everyone else rolls their eyes. <laughs> Russell reminds them why they're doing this, and they go along. Zoe asks Penny what she was going to say, and Penny says that it can wait until the end of the show, it's only half an hour. So Penny's really pushing it. She's like really nervous, but she really, really loves all of this. So so the Biscuits attempt to do their own show on their own, but they keep arguing about which one of them is the guest. So they stop. So they then ponder the Blythe problem again, and Brittany says one of us should just pretend to be Blythe. Whitney says that that's a great idea and that hanging out with me has, like, given your brain powers or something while Brittany is confused. So, later, Whitney wants Brittany to come out, but she doesn't want to because she's dressed like Blythe. Whitney reminds her of the money which makes her do it. Like, they specifically says, I love money. And, like, when he says, so do I. And she comes out wearing what Blythe was wearing, but it looks frumpier and just, like, distasteful. And she also has these fake teeth that are just, like, protruding. It's, it's very hilarious in a way that reminds you that these people are awful. Like, it's like, <laughs> this is how they see Blythe. Which is not, which is not how Blythe looks, but because Blythe is poor and reject, comparatively poor, like, Blythe is still relatively well off. Like, okay, no, we can't get into how well Blythe is off. Whatever. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to let that one slide. We can't go into that we just know that the biscuits are incredibly richer and they see everyone not as rich just as like poor and downtrodden and it's funny but it also reminds you that rich people suck so Whitney asks Brittany to impersonate Blythe and she does this like this is my voice kind of thing that Whitney thinks is perfect, but Francois just looks on at this train rack and is just confused. So they go and do the vodcast, but the comments aren't nice. 
but that's because the impersonation isn't great. They do advertise largest ever pet shop, but the people watching are just stunned that this is going on. Whitney says that Brittany has a disease, but when Brittany breaks character and says she doesn't, they cut, and Whitney reminds her that she needs to be Blythe. Brittany says, it's hard because I have to be so upbeat all the time. Whitney says that she needs to suffer for the money. <laughs> so they check and their views are there, but the comments hate us. They aren't going away though, so they decide to continue. Anything for money. This show just hates rich people. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to say this. So meanwhile, Blythe is doing her own vlog cast and talking about her designs and her sketching and her process. Meanwhile, Young Me calls in with a worried look on her face, asking Blythe to check out The Biscuits Show. Blythe does this and is understandably appalled when she sees this pale imitation of her asking the twins to forgive her. And, uh, like, Brittany, as Blythe says, that Brittany doesn't have a disease or something. And Blythe handles this professionally. She... She, like, she's clearly irritated, but she calmly says, I'm going to log off now. I have to deliver a message in person. And she logs off. Meanwhile, Pickle Babies is on. I can't get over Pickle Babies. It's great. Uh, Penny is enamored, but everyone else is bored to death. Apparently, it's also a marathon now instead of one episode. And Penny asks for a bamboo smoothie. Zoe goes to get it, but then asks what Penny was going to say earlier. Penny is nervous about coming clean because she is in too deep at this point. But she realizes she has to, but before she can, Pepper says to ask her later because the show's back on. And Penny is now more nervous than ever. So the Biscuits are continuing their little charade when Blythe walks in and we see Francois like grabbing hold of Blythe's ankle trying to stop her to no avail and Blythe is frustrated by all of this and asks them is this how you see me and they say pretty much and like she a Blythe asks why and the biscuits say it's complicated which it isn't but Blythe says that this isn't going to be complicated. Knock it off and then leaves. Brittany says it's hard to pretend to be someone as nice and upbeat as her, which is a weird backhanded compliment to Blythe, I guess, which I guess is in line sort of with the Biscuit Redemption arc. It's just the wrong way backhanded like, when, nor when someone normally says backhanded compliment, they're referring to the idea of, like, saying something that seems nice on the outset, but actually has a negative connotation. This, on the other hand, 
is very negative up front, but has that positive connotation of, like, Blythe is just genuinely a nice person. Whitney says that that's all the time they have, and then they get a call from Fisher, who says, I can't believe the lengths you would go to to enrich yourselves. Reminds me of me when I was younger. The Biscuits wonder if this means they'll get their raises, and Fisher says, no, I was terrible when I was younger. Just because you act like me doesn't mean you get the benefits of doing that or something. Even he's confused. He just doesn't want to give them more money and just wants to hoard it for himself. He then proceeds to cancel the vlogcast because it's costing him money for some reason, despite the fact that Blythe is just doing this through her laptop and stuff. Like, I mean, they have a camera, but I can't imagine that costs that much more. He just wants to do it to, like, keep his money. And it just goes to show, this show just hates rich people. Like, the the Biscuits are willing to do anything for the money. And Fisher is like, I used to be like that, but now that I have the money, I don't want to give it to people. Like, like okay, okay. Like, this show started airing seven years ago. If you were like, five then you're like 12 now so like i imagine that like there's bound to be one person who says that this show is the reason they believe in socialism and you know generally not liking rich people it's not the biggest reason it's certainly not the only reason, but I'm willing to bet it's it's at least part of someone's reasoning because, like, this episode, like, a lot of episodes just don't like rich people, but this episode in particular really just doesn't like rich people. And this is coming off last episode where a rich person tells another rich person to apply for a job for a laugh essentially like like th this show just hates rich people so that aside like as it stands like for the biscuit redemption arc like the biscuits are shown to be nice at some points and can do so at least in the presence of their gram gram and, like, it might seem a bit dissonant, but they're in a more public setting anyway with the vlogcast. And they're trying to still promote this idea that they're the cool mean girl uh, type people. Where, like, an eventual redemption would have it be that they don't need that anymore. It's, hmm, but it does take a while. It's, it's not, it's not an overnight process. And this episode reminds you of that, especially with the bait being money. Like they, they still put money over 
you know, whatever, whatever they have with Blythe. Kind of. It's... Like, with that backhanded compliment, it's... I mean, they they still don't exactly see eye to eye, but, I mean, they can. We've seen that possibility. Whatever. It's... It's... Uh... It's, it's not too out of place. It, like, it might feel weird, but it's not, essentially, is what I'm getting at. So... Blythe then walks into the pet shop to see the pets all looking sad. She asks why everyone is sad, and they explain that Penny is moving, and Blythe says she knows, but she doesn't understand why they're sad. Penny is playing with a Pickle Babies doll, while the pets explain that they're never going to see her again. Penny then interrupts them and says that Blythe isn't unfeeling, she just knows the truth. When asked... Penny explains that she's moving to just a bigger apartment in the same apartment building. Everyone is frustrated at first, but Penny then explains that she was trying to tell them earlier, but she kept getting interrupted. And she sometimes feels unnoticed because she's like kind and polite and all that stuff. So getting to do all of the things that she loves in that day felt really good and it also means a lot to her knowing how much they care about her because she sometimes doesn't feel it even though she knows it. Russell says that it was actually kind of fun to do all of Penny Ling's favorite things and everyone agrees but Vinny and Sunil have an aside about not liking pickle babies. Penny asks for forgiveness and they forgive her and everyone gives her a hug. Mrs. Trombley comes in with an onion crying, saying it's time to go, and she eats the onion, releasing the onion scent everywhere. Zoe says that the bottom line is that they're thankful she's not leaving. Penny has a request for Blythe, which is to get Mrs. T to stop eating those onions, and they all cry and end the episode. So this one surprised me in terms of quality. Like, this is a really solid episode, like, all around. I don't really have any complaints. Like, even the, like, oh, it's a kind of bottle episode complaint I usually have. Like, that doesn't quite, like, it doesn't feel like that, essentially. Because, like, the pressure is an outs like, okay, so even though it is bottle-ish in nature, there's A, a pressure source from outside, and B, even if it is just a bottle episode, it's still really well-written, and, you know, it works in tandem with the A-plot, unlike Sunil trying to paint. I don't like that B-plot whatsoever. Like... All of this has something to do with, like, the A-plot. And, like, it just works really well. Like, I mean, it's it's a really good standalone episode for sure. And, like, it might seem weird on a grander perspective, but it's not the weirdest. 
it's just a really good episode, and I'm surprised by this because, like, I like when I first watched it, like, I didn't, I didn't think this would be like a like one of the ones that I was like profusely praising, but like here we are, just like like thinking about it, looking it over, taking down notes. Yeah, this episode's great. I really like it. So that is it for today's episode of the Littlest Pet Cast. Be sure to leave your comments and reviews on Shout Engine on uh, Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go, provided that the biscuits aren't trying to outdo this podcast either. And be sure to tune in next time for the episode Go Figure. I will see you then. So, there is a reason I don't live broadcast these podcasts like Blythe and the Biscuits do in this episode. And it's because I have a bunch of flubs that I just, like, edit out. And, like, even even doing it with Ricky, like, actually doing it with Ricky, uh... Like, I don't know, the like, the flubs appeared less often. Like, they still appeared, but not not as often or as flagrant as some of the stuff, like, it happens when, oh my, like, like this. This is, this sentence became a train wreck all of a sudden. I don't know when. But basically, like, when I'm by myself... And I'm talking to myself, I guess. Like, I have a tendency to trip on my words longer. So, uh, I did write down four times I've tripped over my own words this time. And I'm going to share them with you. So, uh, one time I had to stop because, like I said... Uh, like, when they ask how Penny Ling's weekend was, Penny Ling says it was usually the most. And then uh, later, when I was talking about the Biscuit Twins and how they reference themselves, or the, the nature of the show, I said self-referentiable. And then uh, I, at some point... Oh, yeah, no, I remember this one, too. So, uh, like, uh, I said that, uh, like, the Biscuits only care about what themselves are or do or look like or something like that. And then the last one I'm willing to share is that uh, instead of nap time, I said napcom. And, <laughs> yeah, so... That's a that's a little fun behind the scenes look at what this podcast is like. Um 
I hope you had fun listening to me fumble and my fumblings. See ya.